cracking, everybody. Happy Wednesday, uh, 2-24-21, p.m. You know, a little late here for the update. I know, my bad. I'm going to try to get better at making the updates right closer on the market close so you can get the information, you know, get a good night's sleep so you can be ready for when the market opens at 8.30. But, uh, yeah, I was pretty busy all day. I had an accounting test at 7 that I was studying for. You know, I wanted to do a lot of market research today. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to do the disclaimer right here, you know, to skip in, do like a minute or so if you don't want to hear it. But basically, I'm a student. I love the markets. These are my views. I'm not recommending or selling any investments. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm stupid. Um, do your homework before you invest, obviously, always. And all investments are subject to risks and loss and potential profit. So, you know, do whatever you want to do. So we're to get into the podcast. Uh lot of action today a lot of lot of action you know what i'm going to start off with talking about first is uh you know jay powell testified again today in front of the house and that had a lot of um way on the markets you know i woke up and i was at the airport finished my uh, little f of ifr flying test and uh you know the market opened down opened down big you know as i was going to the airport you know i was checking the bond prices and the yields hit 1.42, I believe, at the high. And so that's uh, higher than we were a year ago today. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there's some major things going on in the bond market. Like, this is crazy. The yields are rising rapidly. You know, the short end, which I talked about yesterday, you know, didn't really move that much today. You know, right now, the short end, I'll pull up the numbers actually, but the one month's unchanged up, the yields up uh, at 0.03. Three months up 0 0.008, six months up 0 0.002, and you know, 10 years up 0 0.011, 30 years up 0 0.025. So, you know, all the bonds are moving in the same direction. So that's a good sign. You know, I was I was freaking out yesterday over this like divergence in bond prices. Short short terms going um the price of them are going up and the long term's going down, you know, yields for the short term going down, yields for the long term going up. So I was that was worrying me. But, uh, you know, today we didn't see that, but, you know, it's just a one-day thing. You know, we're long-term guys here looking for trends. And girls, I mean, if, you, if you're if you a chick and you're listening to this, you know, not just guys, but, you know, you get the point. Uh, but, yeah, so I saw that in the morning, and so I was like, oh, no, today could be an insane day. And then Powell starts talking, and all of a sudden, yields start go, start going up again. TLT freaking rallied. It opened up like down two percent. Opened at one thirty nine thirty five, and we finished at one thirty. Uh, sorry, we closed at one forty eighty four. So there was a major major uh, reversal today. You know, people were spying the news. You know, Powell basically was saying that they're gonna. They're always going to be there backstopping us no matter what. So what I interpret is yield control if they need to. But also they say, and he kept saying that inflation wasn't an issue. Um, and so I have some uh, little little notes that I took from the time I heard him talk. I listened to him for about 20 minutes. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, wasn't that important. He talked about the Fed maybe adopting a digital dollar. So, you know, that's something to be keep your eyes out for. And it's very interesting. You know, they're, they're, they think cryptocurrency is uh, – there's some value in there, obviously, if they want to do a digital dollar. Um, you know, one thing that I think is kind of comical about that is a digital dollar is the same thing as, a, as, fee, as fiat money is our paper currency right now. It's just paper. So it doesn't really solve the whole issue of uh, 
our, our currency being worthless, but you know, it's a start. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to get into my, the notes that I took here. And so Powell said the labor market's slowing. And then he also went to go on and say that participation in the labor market is below pre-pandemic levels. And that was a little shocking to me because, you know, in 2019, before the whole pandemic happened, like we were in a recession, you know, the yield curves were inverted. Um, the Fed started lowering rates in August of 2019. So we were clearly in a recession. You know, no one likes to talk about that or even notice it. But the fact the participation rate is below that it was in pre-pandemic levels, I mean, it makes sense. But the fact that everyone is so confident about this um, reopening of the economy and everything's just going to be sky high and happy and everything's going to be great, just kind of confusing to me when, you know, pre-pandemic levels were still way below that. The labor market is slowing. It's getting tighter. So what's going to have what's going to happen? Then he also goes on to say that we're seeing the housing market improve. You know, housing prices are at the highest they've been ever. You know, they keep going up, 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 just like the housing bubble before it popped. So, you know, he's talking about how these are all good signs. You know, he's saying that the labor market's concerning. And so, you know, that's why he knows there's no inflation yet. But, uh, yeah, a lot of misleading things from the Fed, from the Fed chair, in my opinion. But then, but we heard what we wanted, needed to hear, or the market did at least. And he said, we'll always be there to provide support. And, you know, that's probably why uh, TLT, you know, bond prices, uh, people are buying bonds. You know, if you look at HYG, the one day chart, it opened up uh, pretty low. Same with LQD. It opened up at 87.31. Uh, we closed at 87.53. So like a nice run there. Same with LQD. Like these things don't move that much, but LQD opened up at 131.64 and closed a dollar higher. Um, you know, it gapped down big, so it was only up 15 bips on the day. You know, after hours, I'm showing right here, we're up 1.21%. So, yeah, those those words by Jay Powell, you know, really shake the market and had a big effect. Um, so before I go and talk about the other action, lots of other action today, you know, I want to spend a little bit of time just focusing on what actually happened in, like, the big indexes and all that kind of thing. That's what you're here for, your daily market update. So, yeah, the Dow, everything pretty much opened down, but just rallied. Dow is up 1.35%, S&P up 1.14%. Um, let's see here, what else is important? Gold, my, my baby, my love. GDX, she was up uh, 78 bips, but, you know, she gapped down when I uh, checked at the open. You know, she was down like 1.13%, you know, rallied big, opened at 32.87, closed at 33.70, almost a dollar higher. So you can see some action there. The VIX down 7.66%, USO up 2.11, SM, uh, yeah, I already talked about the S&P, banks up 2% about, XLK, technology, we're up 1.5%. Uh, That's just the technology ETF. TLT down 66 bips, but after yeah after hours flat. Energy up 3.5%. Tesla up 6%. Um, American Airlines. Airlines have been getting, just going off, up 5%. Uh, marijuana ETF up 4.4%. Corn up 69 bips. Soybeans up 1%, wheat up 1%, you know, they're always rallying, the inflation trade is here, silver opened up low, people were buying, up uh, 89 bips on the day, let's see here, what else, infrastructure index up 2.5%, uh, and then yeah, we got uh, copper, 
down 72 bips, but, you know, gap down big, opened up at 39.85, and just, you know, people were buying throughout the day. You know, hit the low at 39.14, we finished at 40.2, so you can see some action going on there, a lot of price action. And uh, let's see, we're going to get into Riot Blockchain, Mara. These are two like Bitcoin miners. Mara was up 16% and Riot was down 7 So I don't really know why that is. But uh, yeah, Bitcoin was having a fine day today. MicroStrategy, another one, up 18%. I have some thoughts on MicroStrategy. I'm going to get into that um, later in the podcast. And uh, down here on the watch list, the meme stocks. GameStop up 100%. After hours up 83%, AMC up 18%, after hours up 22%. Um, see, that, that's some crazy action that I want to focus the majority of this podcast on. But uh, I want to talk about MicroStrategy first. You know, the price of Bitcoin, I'll give you a live feed right now at 10.50 at night here. Bitcoin's at 50K. But uh, some news on Bitcoin was that MicroStrategy... But put another one billion into Bitcoin, and I I kind of am starting to have a problem. Well, I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's um very uh, confusing and concerning that companies are just starting to put their cash reserves into Bitcoin. Um, you know, no, there's Bitcoin has not been widely adopted by you know. You can't go to the store and use Bitcoin. You, you know, some places you can, yeah, but, like, it's not widely adopted. It's not widely used, at least here in America. And so the fact that all these companies are putting all their money in Bitcoin, it's just concerning to me because I feel like they're trying to attract investors just because they own Bitcoin. You know, you look at MicroStrategy since uh, August. In August, it was 174 bucks on, uh, yeah, no, sorry, that was in September. August 28th. Rocking one forty six eighty nine. You know what the price is today? Eight seventeen sixty nine. And it's strictly because they've been buying Bitcoin, and people want to get in on it. They want Bitcoin exposure, which like I guess great move by uh, Michael Saylor, and uh, Michael Saylor and uh, all those uh, people there at MicroStrategy. But you know if you look at the all time chart, like in nineteen ninety eight tech bubble, this thing went up to uh, one thousand three hundred eighty eight seventy five. And in 2000, uh, 2002, after it popped, 2001, it was at 37 bucks. So, you know, I don't trust this at all. So I started doing some research on MicroStrategy, and I found in March 2000, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, brought charges against Saylor and two other MicroStrategy executives for the company's inaccurate reporting of financial results for the preceding two years. So, like, the dude has been investigated by SEC, and they brought charges against him. Um, in December 2000, Saylor settled the SEC without admitting wrongdoing by paying 350000 in penalties and a personal disorgument of uh, $8.3 million. As a result of the restatement of the results, the company's stock declined in value, and Saylor's net worth fell by $6 billion. Oh, there you go. That's why the stock crashed. But, uh... I mean, if they have uh, have they have uh, been inaccurately uh, reporting financial results in the tech bubble when their stock market went to the all time high, like that 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 just makes me never want to trust this company. Um, 
Number two is they're putting all their, their, all their hopes are into Bitcoin. So what if Bitcoin collapses? This company collapses with it. And yeah, sure. I mean, I always say like, if you're a long-term hodler, it's a great idea. But I mean, it's just, why would you risk your own company's cash reserves just to attract investors? It just blows my mind. So that's all I'm going to say about that. It's like me running, me starting my own company and just being like, hey guys, I'm going to buy a bunch of Bitcoin and no one owns Bitcoin. So they give me money to go buy it for them. It's just, it's stupid. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to stop talking about that because, you know, it's, it's not really worthy of the, of what was going on today in the markets. So, you know, I'll talk about my trades over at the end. But the next section I want to get into is this GameStop squeeze. I'll pull up my Snapchat right now because I want to have the times documented properly. So about eight hours ago, I don't know what time it was, but I was checking. I was just checking stocks, you know, doing my homework eight hours ago. Sorry, it's 20. So two o'clock, about two o'clock. I see GameStop's at 52.51, up 16%. I'm like, dang, this thing's going to go to the moon. But I was just joking. And I keep checking it. Next thing I know, it's at $67, like 10 minutes later. I'm like, no way, no way. And so then I just stop everything, and I'm watching GameStop. Like, the thing went from 50 bucks to 90 Again! Again! After all, people are like, oh, yeah, meme stock city. You know, it's all it's all done. It's all over. No, it's not. And so that, that got me really like, this market is broken. Like, it's not... These issues that I've been finding in the bond market and saying, oh, there's a bubble, like something's not right. When I saw GameStop just go up 100% today, I knew that like there's seriously some fishy business going on under the surface. And I really still can't tell you what it is. You know, I've been hawking the Wall Street bets. You know, They even shut down the Reddit. Uh, at 3 o'clock, I was trying to go on the Reddit. and Reddit, was the whole site was down. So something's seriously going on behind the scenes that I don't know about. I'm not an insider, you know. But uh, I like to talk about it. So this is my analysis on the whole GameStop thing. So, you know, I, w- I was watching a few videos online about it just to see, you know, what, what the big guys on CNBC and all the uh, Bloomberg were saying about it. So CNBC guru Josh Brown, I've been watching this guy for a while. Um, think I, I mean, it does, he, he, he has a job at CNBC and he's a success. He is a trader. He's a trader, does all that stuff. So, you know, I guess he's a lot smarter than I am, more successful, a lot of money. Great man. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy, but, uh, he goes, he says, GameStop is the biggest economic issue of all time. And, you know, I was just like, why Josh? Like, why is that? Like, that's kind of funny to me. How did we get here? Like how, how, how did GameStop become the biggest economic issue of all time? happened because the federal reserve printing thousands of dollars and buying company worthless companies bonds and so they can continue to operate but make no profit and just continue to operate freaking zombies then you got the government injecting thousands of dollars into stimulus into our economy that's broken and it's just incentivizing bad behavior people are taking crazy risks like investing in the gamestop which i completely advise against uh, and, and these meme stocks, they're just taking risk and just throwing it in there. Wall Street is a freaking casino because money is worthless and people are just trying to maximize their returns. I mean, that's pretty much the answer. That is the biggest economic issue of all time. If that's what he was alluding to, then props to you, Josh Brown. You're a freaking genius and we agree. High five. But yeah, um, you know, the Fed is fueling all this speculation, as I said in my first ever podcast. 
But, uh, yeah, when I saw that today, like, there was no action. I was like, oh, like, you know, my gold's doing well. I spent a lot of time researching oil, took two positions in oil today. I bought Devon Energy, DVN. They got great financials, you know, big exporter to oil. They have oil field. They're uh, in Oklahoma. They're based out of Oklahoma City. I was doing some nice research on them. Got a small dividend yield of 2.45%. So, you know, I'll take that. It's higher than the 30 years right now, at least for now. But, uh, you know, in, two th- in 2008, you know, when gold had that, cra- I mean, oil had that crazy run, you know, as all commodities did, it peaked out 102%. A lot of potential to the upside there, you know, as there is with all commodities. But, you know, oil... I think it has a lot of room to run, especially now. The supply chain is really just messed up. You know, you got that freeze in uh, Texas. So you got a lot of dem- pent-up demand for oil, and they can't, they couldn't even get it out. They had to shut off the drills out there, the wells and all that. So uh, you got that, that problem. Number two is the Saudis. They've been, uh, they've been like, cutting supply and stuff um, the past couple months. But, like, now there's actually demand. Like, the economy is opening it back up again. And this demand is going to be a lot more than the supply, uh, putting upward pressure on the price. I mean, if you just look at XLE, the index, and you look at, like, USO, like, the, they've had crazy runs. But you look at the two-year run, and we're not even near the level we used to be at. So, oil, great play. I like that a lot. You know, adding to my positions, especially also, like, every day, like, I'm just buying more gold and silver because you know these prices aren't they're not really the price isn't really taking off it peaked in august and it's trying to get back up there and it's going to it's going to have a crazy run the matter is the question is just when you know today earlier today before the everything started rallying you know the dow was the leader like the dow jones was the first uh group to uh go into the green and the Dow, it's because the Dow is uh, is industrials, it's industrial companies. You know, the S&P is pretty much mix of everything, NASDAQ's all technology. But these industrial companies will do well under, mo- most of them per se, under inflation because, you know, they like lumber prices will go up, so they'll be able to make more money. Um, I mean, inflation is terrible for stocks because it just re- destroys purchasing, purchasing power for everyone. Therefore, these companies won't be able to make as much money. But uh Certain companies in the Dow will benefit better with inflation rather than like these te- big tech growth stocks. You know, the co- these growth stocks are going to be the stocks that get hit the hardest during inflation, this inflationary period we're in. But uh, back to the GME squeeze. You know, I, that that just like after like two two thirty, when I was like really just watching like the charts and watching the price action on it. I couldn't really control myself for the whole day. You know, after hours, I was just refreshing my computer all the time to see what GameStop was doing. And so I went back to the old squeeze. You know, everyone everyone freaking out. You got the CEO of Interactive Brokers coming out and saying that the whole financial system was going to collapse if GameStop went to 1,000. I was watching the interview with Vlad, uh, Vlad Tenev, CEO of Robinhood on game, on. Uh, Dave Port with Dave Portnoy on Barstool, and he basically says that GameStop was going to a thousand. We had to stop it, and so like that's just blatant market manipulation. I mean, I really hope. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, like has good intentions, just a nice entrepreneur, but he caused a lot of people to lose money and just completely manipulated the whole entire market. 
for so the hedge funds didn't collapse, and so his company like didn't collapse, and the whole market didn't collapse. And people are like, "That's a good thing. That's a good thing that he did that." You know, we should we should have that. But it's just the most anti-American thing, in my opinion. You know, the market isn't free. They're single-handedly preventing a stock from going. If there's demand for it, and it should be a thousand dollars because all everyone wants to buy it, let it go to a thousand. Don't go short. Market, you know, the market will the free market will repair itself. So you know, I just have a lot of major that I, that just really bothers me that 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 happens. It's like the hedge funds shouldn't go all in short on GameStop, you know, um, if that's the case. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could just go on and on and on and on and on about it, but people who are blaming it, saying like it's the right thing to step in. And you gotta, you gotta like restrict buying on stocks like these. Like it, it just blows my mind. You know, I thought this was America, the land of the free. I thought this was America, uh, but uh, it's like, yeah, like that's that's a little nutty to me. That's just like, it's an illusion that we live in a free market because clearly we don't. But I'm gonna bring up some alarming stats from this GME squeeze that I noticed. So when the GME squeeze happened, you know, it was the week of January 25th to January 29th. GameStop on the one week was up thirty three sorry, three hundred twenty three percent. Okay. Then you look at the VIX, the fear gauge. You know the ratio of call, uh, puts to calls. You know puts. You know, people are bearish in the market; they'll buy puts. People are bullish; they'll buy calls. Just like naked. I'm not talking about like spreads or anything like that. The VIX is up forty two percent. Okay. The S and P five hundred is down three point seven three percent that week. NASDAQ down 4.13%, and the DGIA, Dow Jones, down 3%. So clearly, this had an impact on the market. And I mean, I broke it down in the first podcast, but for those who didn't listen to it, you know, the audio is terrible, or you just didn't listen to it, I'm going to refresh it now. This happened. Everyone's saying the market was going to collapse because everyone going into GameStop and these big hedge funds who control a lot of the market. Um, you guys know, if you guys don't know what dark pools are, or like the fourth layer of the market. Basically, it's these hedge funds and institutional investors and high-frequency traders can trade stock just to themselves, just to themselves, okay? So like that t- makes up a lot of the market action. There's so much money in there in those markets, like big money, and you don't even know about it because it's the dark they call it's the, literally called the dark pool. So so the all these people that were going short in on GameStop just started getting destroyed when everyone is driving up the price because if you short a stock and you want to cover your loss, you got to buy back shares. So therefore, the price moons. But you know this is clearly freaking people out because the VIX is rising and the and all equities, you know, S and P, Nasdaq, Dow, all down more than three percent. Okay, so my whole theory was and why everyone said the market was going to crash is because these big hedgies would have to sell off their long positions and equities and whatever they're in. Um, you know, they're all in, in tech, let's just say, because that was down the most. I'm picking that as an example. They have to sell all their Apple to free up capital to go cover their losses that they, that they were trying to do when they were shorting GameStop. And, you know, the price is up 180% today, you know, after, including after hours. So, you're going to see the same thing happen. Apparently, they keep shorting GameStop too. 
Like, and that would make sense. I was like, why did the price skyrocket? Like, did people cover their shorts? Like, is there insane demand? I have no idea. I can't tell you. I don't have the data on, 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 all, the, on all that stuff. But all I'm saying is if this goes on, the market is going to fail. And there's going to be a massive problem. So, you know, a few ways you can play it. What I'm doing here and there, I'm just dollar. I'm just averaging down my VIX position I have. Have a small position in the portfolio just as a hedge. But, uh, yeah, you know, do what you want. You know, that's like a play you can always make. You know, a lot of people don't like to go short and do any of that, so I understand. So, you know, if you're going to do that, if you don't want to touch it, don't go short. You know, you can always do is just buy gold, buy gold, buy commodities, buy things that are going to do well in this kind of environment. Now, I'm staying away from TLT even though I own it. I just own it because I've I've thought that the Fed is going to step in, do some more yield control as the bonds go crazy. But uh, that's just speculation, you know. What you really want to be get rotating into if you're in a lot of tech, growth-heavy stocks, is just hard, hard things like uh, materials, industrials, agriculture, things like that. You know, people say there's this whole reopening trade, but I don't buy it. You know, we're in a huge bubble. This whole GameStop action just goes to show it. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the podcast for tonight, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I'm just in disbelief, just as in much disbelief as you guys are with this whole GameStop thing. But, uh, you know, tomorrow will be interesting to see what actually goes on. You know, after hours, like futures right now are up 30 bips. Everything's up. The volatility, VIX is not even moving at all. So that kind of concerns me that people are, if the, if the whole market itself is just shrugging off GameStop, because this thing has a potential to moon, like people on Wall Street bets, everyone's buying it now. You, know, you can't go in and short this thing right now. I mean, you can, but uh, I don't think a lot of hedge funds will be doing that. So what are the market implications? You know, I think you could see a correction come, a little flash crash. But uh, you know, we'll wait and see. We're just here with our gold, with our oil, with our corn, wheat, and soybeans, just enjoying it. You know, if we just own that, I don't really care how the S&P does. But uh, all right, guys, have a good one. Thank you for listening.